0: The people have spoken, and Jeff Ross has returned for Roast Battle 2. The four-night event features top comedians getting verbally violent until just one is left standing. Featuring a star-studded lineup of judges, including Snoop Dogg, Sarah Silverman, and Jason Sudeikis, this is a battle you don't want to miss. The four-night event began last night at 9 o'clock on Comedy Central. It's still going on. Make sure you don't miss that live finale on Sunday, January 29th at 10, 9 Central, to see who gets crowned the king or queen of crew welcome to the ringer nba show i'm chris verney joining me today is zach Harbury. you can find him on twitter at tall coops you can also find him at his new job at fanragsports.com hey zach Hey, Vernon, how you doing? Good, man. So, hey, congratulations on the new job.
1: Thank you. I feel like I owe you
0: 10%. <laughs> I won't collect. Um, I also have seen you recently on social media talking about filming some type of TV thing. Is this going to be Zach Harper, the TV star?
1: Uh, amazingly, not about me. Uh, oh. I'm just helping out on the show. Uh, it's a... Uh, it's a pilot for Comedy Central with uh, comedian Ian Carmel, huge Blazers fan, very funny guy. Um, and so I'm one of the writers on the show. Uh, assuming it gets picked up, hopefully it gets picked up. Uh, oh, I don't sure. know, I, don't... I guess just tweet, just tweet Comedy Central and and tell them they should pick it up even though we haven't finished it yet. I
0: know, Ian. What's, a, what's the show about?
1: It's like a sports comedy show. So we're, you know, like a little bit of uh, you know, do a sketch, do a you know, a monologue, do a panel, like stuff like that. Like it's kind of a I don't know, more of a variety sports comedy show. But, I mean, the one, I can't say a ton about it, but we, we shot our sketch the other day, and it's crazy funny. So it, I'm very proud of it so far.
0: Crazy funny. All right. Well, good luck with all yeah. that. Uh, last night, the All-Stars were announced, and I know that you, uh, you rode hard for the Utah Jazz. They did get Gordon Hayward in. They did not get Gobert in. Do you consider Gobert the biggest snub in your mind's eye?
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I think that with him, um, he's just been better than DeAndre. I think DeAndre's job has been tough because, you know, Blake hasn't been there. Now Chris is out. You know, he's kind of trying to hold down the fort. He's become an excellent defender. Like, remember how Doc Rivers talked about DeAndre as a defender a couple of years ago? Like, he's actually that defender now. He wasn't back then, but he is now. He's he's become a very impressive player. I just think Gobert's better. I think Gobert's better been a better defender. He's a, you know, as good of a rebounder he's been the best pick and roll big man in the nba this year like he's just been so good he stabilized that jazz team when when hayward was out early when when george hill goes out like he's just the reason they are they're they're able to be their identity on defense but i think he got snubbed i also think mike conley should have made it over uh over clay thompson i don't think clay thompson's had an, had an all-star year
0: I was kind of surprised that Clay Thompson made it, but it you always get into that scenario where it's hard to argue against a team that like never loses, right? And so like oh right I, yeah I, I mean I mean I, they're what,
1: thirty thirty games over five hundred like yeah they're probably deserving of four I guess
0: right oh right like, it's like when you're when you're trying to make the argument you're making an argument against a team that you know w- wins every single night so that's a tough spot I will say I wondered if. DeAndre made it, I thought Paul should have made it. He hasn't been injured that long. You know what I mean? And Yeah,
1: and, yeah. I mean, you throw, you throw an injury replacement in there, but the fact that he wasn't named at all, I was shocked at that.
0: Don't you think that's why DeAndre did? They gave it to DeAndre because they needed a clipper and they weren't going to have Paul in there.
1: Also, here's a theory. Here's a, here's a conspiracy theory. Okay. With Zach Levine not doing the dunk contest, Aaron Gordon needs some competition. DeAndre Jordan did always say if he was an all-star, he'd be in the dunk contest. So maybe they're trying to goad him into that Saturday night action too. You think he'd be good in the dunk contest? I, I mean, I, I'm always hesitant with big men. Like Drummond yeah. was just a snore. Right. And there's yeah. not, not a lot Drummond could have done against those two. But, um, but I, I don't know, like with Amari, like Amari was pretty good. Right. Like, I don't think DeAndre is going to be like Chris Anderson. I don't think you're going to need 30 attempts to you know to pull off a dunk, but I think he could do some crazy stuff. Like he might be Dwight Howard-esque in that dunk contest environment.
0: Why is Levine not doing it?
1: Uh, I think he's a little way. You know, you get into that thing of like I'm more than a dunker, right? Oh, I kind of think that's the reason. I like he can do he can do a 360 from the free throw line, and we want like we've seen the little vine of it. I want to see it in a dunk contest. I want to see the two feet from a from the free throw line in the dunk contest. Like, we got to see all that stuff. He needs to go through the entire repertoire b- before he's allowed to get out of there. Maybe he's going to try to do the, the three-point contest, but he should have done one more dunk contest, in my opinion.
0: Okay, so if it was your choices for the All-Stars last night, you would have had Conley instead of Klay Thompson. You would have had Rudy Gobert instead of DeAndre Jordan?
1: Yep, absolutely.
0: All right, I think it speaks to how good the league is right now when we're talking about Because, listen, you didn't even mention Damian Lillard. Like I know their record right. stinks, but Damian Lillard is, <laughs> Damian Lillard's awesome,
1: right? And, the, and, and the you could put, that, you could make an argument for for CJ McCollum too, right? Like he sure. he's been incredible too.
0: Yep. And, and, and we didn't even get to, you know, if we're talking bad records, obviously Towns, you know, he is hurt by his team's lack of success this year. But Carl Anthony Towns, and then just watching him, I flipped on that game last night that they lost to the Pacers. And, I mean, he's, he's nailing threes down the stretch like he's damn Larry Bird or something.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's got step backs. He's dribbling into jumpers. He's driving past people. Uh, he's been ridiculous the last month and a half. He kind of struggled out of the gate the first month of the season, especially defensively. But last month and a half, like, there's not a lot of big men playing the way he's playing.
0: Regarding the Eastern Conference, um, I think there was a perception that maybe there's so many awesome point guards that somebody was going to get left out. But instead, they all made it.
1: Yeah, they all made it, which I'm happy for. Like I, I, yeah. I think Isaiah Thomas, I mean, obviously Isaiah Thomas is an all-star. I think John Wall should have been in there. Um, and he was like Kemba Walker had an all-star season last year. He's been even better this year. Like he's, he deserves to make it. I am, I am annoyed at, that Joel Embiid didn't get it. And this isn't a novelty pick. Like, I really think he's been that good. Is it his fault? He's on a minute restriction. Maybe, maybe he should stop breaking his foot, right? Like maybe that's, maybe that's a way to punish him, but he's, he's not just like this guy who's scoring. Like he's a defensive monster. If he's not an all-star uh, and, you know, no offense to guys like Paul Millsap, but if, if Embiid's on an all-star, I don't really know what an all-star is.
0: Yeah, well, and the crazy thing is, it is a, nobody else is saying, there, there's nobody else that anybody is replacing Embiid with. I do kind of feel bad for Paul Millsap because he's always been the really good player that... Let's be honest. Nobody really cares about. Right. Like, it's not like you ever see anybody in a Paul Millsap jersey. He just is what he is. He's a really outstanding NBA basketball player that does not, you know, he keeps to himself. He is, uh, you know, Atlanta fans obviously care about the guy and people have a high level of respect for him, but he ain't fun. And that's the problem, right? If it's a popularity contest and it is who people want to see, everybody's in love with Embiid. I mean, we haven't seen a character like him in the NBA in like a long time. I was trying to think if there's anybody that was like as consistently funny and likable as him. And I think like the whole Agent Zero thing, before all the guns in the locker room and all that crap. Yeah. Yeah. But I thought like a it kind of feels a little Arenasy in the sense that like Arenas was if people could go back in time, there's a lot of people that are listening to us will remember. But he was the most fun guy in the NBA for a short period of time. He was doing all the antics. He was agent zero. Everybody loved Arenas, and then it obviously went the oh, wrong yeah. way. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, what was it like 2005, 2006? There wasn't yeah. a jumper in a in a park across America that wasn't yelling hibachi after it, right? Like that, right. like that was a real thing. Like he was the actual phenomenon. And um and with him, like it, you know, with Embiid, it's like it is a little like Young Shaq, right? Like yeah. not as good, not as good as Young Shaq, but it's that same kind of aura, that same kind of uh, just gravity and attraction to watching him play basketball. And the and the personality is there too. I mean, if he was if he was American born and and didn't have an accent, I think he'd be even, even more accepted, which is, which is kind of a crazy thing to say is that, uh, you know, the way he talks probably pulls him back a little bit from just being this giant mega star at all time. Uh, but he's figuring it out, right? Like he's great on social media. He's great on a basketball court. He's great in the interview. Like he's great everywhere he goes.
0: Yeah. And I'm glad he's at least going to be part of the weekend when he's on that world team, which by the way, that world team is loaded. Oh,
1: I mean, it's almost entirely unfair.
0: It's almost embarrassing. You know what I mean? To be a (laughs) for American basketball, the world team. I mean, these guys, because all right, so Embiid, he's for sure going to make all star teams. Um, You know, Exum healed. Who knows? Nikolai Jokic. earlier this year, I had Mike Miller on the podcast and he's like, he's the one he's the one on. That Denver team, because he's on that Denver team now, he's like he will be a multiple-time All-Star, like several All-Star games. So then you got Trey Lyles, Moudier, um, Jamal Murray, and then Porzingis, Sabonis, Saric, I mean, good grief. Things just
1: loaded. It's okay. At least, the, at least the U.S. team gets to pair with, like, you know, Jonathan Simmons and Jaleel Okafor. Like, that'll excite everybody.
0: <laughs> at least Towns is going to be in the game, right?
1: Yeah, Towns will be fun. Towns can't take on Porzingis and Bede and, and Jokic at the same time. That's unfair. You could
0: see Booker giving them buckets though. Devin Booker could oh, be yeah. the one. He, oh, like,
1: he, he's going to pull from 30. He's going to yeah. be just all over the place. And you know he and Towns with that, that Kentucky connection. They'll be trying to set each other up the whole night.
0: All right, all right. So uh, overall, the only ones that you would put back on, and I, I don't have a problem with it, is Embiid. You would have Embiid instead of Millsap, and then you would have Gobert and Conley on the West team.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I think like I don't, I don't think anyone that they picked isn't All Star worth. Right. Like I just think there are some a couple of guys that are that are more worthy of being an All Star, but I, I don't think anyone on that is ridiculous
0: there's some level of controversy I don't know very minute you know just because Kerr made a big deal out of the players making a mockery of it whatever but it does feel at least like this like did they get it more right because of the way it was done you don't have like the elder statesman clearly Dwayne Wade would be in the game if it was the way it used to be. So there are a couple guys that if it were the way it was used to be, maybe Carmelo too um would be in this game. So is this is there is the mode of operation to get the All-Stars this year more right?
1: Yeah, I think so. And I also think that it's I just think there aren't a lot of people that understand how to vote for All-Star. Like I really like in our in our NBA Twitter bubble, we get it, right? But in terms of like just the casual fan, I don't think the casual fan really knows. Like it feels like I, I don't have numbers to back this up. This, this could be an entire lie, but, uh, but it just feels like there are fewer votes than in the past. Like I, because we don't have those, those punch card ballots in, in arenas anymore, I just feel like we're getting fewer votes. And I think that the process is either confusing or just um, not within the, the periphery of, of the casual fan in any way. So I do think that, there needs to be a better job of getting the system out there to people and to NBA fans to vote. But I think, I don't know, like I, letting the, seeing who the players vote for, seeing, seeing who the media votes for, seeing who the fans vote for. i kind of like that dynamic. Maybe they need to wait it a different way, but I like the dynamic of, of seeing how all these different sects of our NBA world actually end up voting and what they think all stars are.
0: All right. Well, all the All-Stars and everything uh, surrounding it were announced last night. We do need to get into some of the—but they were not the biggest stories in the NBA uh, that came out last night, probably, because they even had to break into their All-Star shows on TNT about Ray John Rondo's Instagram rant. I'm going to get to that as soon as we come back. Today's episode is brought to you by The Masked Man Show on Channel 33. Each week, David Shoemaker and a rotating cast of experts break down all you need to know in the world of professional wrestling. Royal Rumble is this weekend. I can't wait. You can listen to The Masked Man Show on Channel 33 podcast feed on iTunes by going to iTunes.com backslash TheRinger or finding it wherever you get podcasts. So, Zach, they break into the broadcast last night and we've got this epic Ray John Rondo Instagram tweet or Instagram post, which is taking on. I don't think anybody like there's no like uh, there's no way around it. It's the it's the day after Jimmy Butler and Dwayne Wade were very public in their criticisms of the Bulls team to the media. And then you have Rondo uh, with this Instagram post calling out the leadership and basically comparing those guys to leaders of the past like Paul Pierce, like Kevin Garnett. When you first see the Rondo post, what are you thinking?
1: Uh, I I got in at a lucky time with this Rondo post because I clicked on it. I read the whole thing. I see the picture of the big three in Boston. Uh, and then you know, that, that Instagram won't show you all of the all of the comments at the bottom, right? Especially on an athlete, like there are just too many comments. So it's like, you know, you more comments here, like 956 comments here. But the two I saw was one person saying you're the best, and then the next person saying, "Come on, man, you quit on the Mavericks." Like, how can you say this? <laughs> and it's just a perfect like, it's a perfect summation of of the Rondo experience, right? Like he's. He's moody. He'll speak his mind often in kind of like a sub-tweety kind of way. Um, but, yeah, he'll mostly speak his mind. And then to come out and do that and and really just be a hypocrite because of his past actions, like, yeah, maybe KG, Pierce, and Ray Allen would have handled this a different way. You're not handling it a different way. This is how you handled it. So don't, don't say these guys would have done this when you won't do that.
0: Ray John Rondo <laughs> is a bull over under 10 days, Zach.
1: Um, I'll say, You know what? Let's get fun. I'm going to go under. Get, <laughs> I think this week, I think... he, gets, he, he gets waved.
0: <laughs> well, I saw earlier today one of the guys on Twitter, and I can't recall who it was, so forgive me, that covers the Bulls saying that he had been at shooter around for 40 minutes outside, and he had not heard a ball bounce yet. So they're going through it. <laughs> oh, Fred, Fred Oyberg's going through it. They're, just, they're having a heart-to-heart.
1: Uh, I mean, you know, we, you and I have watched Mar- Michael Carter-Williams enough to know that he's not a very good basketball player, right? Like, the Bulls opted for Michael Carter-Williams to play with his team heavy minutes over Rajon Rondo. Like, that's just, you know, he's just not a part of the team. And, and I don't know, like, maybe LeBron takes a chance on him because he wants a backup point guard. But I just don't, like, what gain is there to bring Rondo in at this point? Is there any, is there any upside to it? Because do you believe that he is actually going to play like the Rondo from – four or five years ago. Like, I just don't see it happening. So it, the bulls are probably trying to, you know, they're probably trying to push him out the door right now. Like literally push him out the door in that shoot around. It's probably a film session of how to push someone out of, out of a, a room. And they're now trying to enact that. Not
0: to, well, forget the whole that he's not what he used to be, that he's not good anymore. You get all this shit that comes with it. You know what I mean? Like nobody wants that. Like the Instagram gets self-sabotage. it's different if you're the guy and if you're the lead, like if Jimmy Butler, I don't know. I I actually, I don't know. I don't think I promise you they can all hash it out today. Wade and Butler will resent him forever for posting that, that you'll just never get it. I
1: mean, they they can hash it out today. And then two weeks from now, when they have another bad loss and, and these, and Jimmy Butler and Dwayne Wade are like, this is not how it's supposed to go. We got to be better than this. Then Rondo, what throws up a Snapchat. Right. Like, what you know, what's the next thing? Like, he's just always going to move on to being Rajon Rondo in a different platform. Well,
0: yeah. and it just feels like it's uh disloyal, right? Like, I mean, you saw KG last night on TNT talking about, like, you handled this in the locker, which I thought was interesting because there's Rondo, at, like, saying this team needs leadership and whatever else, and uh, that's how they did it in Boston and whatever else, and yet... There's Kevin Garnett who is a subject of the post on TNT last night saying this, you know, you got to handle this man to man, right? Like yeah, it, it, mean, it, It's yeah. almost it's it's like a, you like, can't it's get you can't get more ironic than that, right?
1: That he is yeah, comparing I mean, it. A, this is just Rondo. This is just what he does, right? Like he he's just he's checked out, like he's still good enough and athletic enough um to be on an NBA roster, but would you want to play him? No, he doesn't play any defense and he just you know, hunts for assists and then he, and then he's a prick in the locker room or he's a prick on social media. or He's a prick in the in interviews or whatever. And it's fine. Like if you're good enough to justify being a prick, then you get away with it. There are a lot of them in the NBA right now. Kobe was that forever. Right. But he was so good that he could he get away with it. Rondo's not that good and Rondo's not good enough to do that anymore. So, you know, you could like, he just ends up looking like a hypocrite, which, isn't anything new like people people expect that's the sad thing people expected this out of rondo at some point right whether it was an instagram post or whatever they knew this was coming
0: is it an indictment of hoiberg do you think now now i'm not talking about just rondo specifically and what he has to say but just the whole situation i'll be honest with you have you heard fred hoiberg say anything have you seen anybody talking about a fred hoiberg quote about what's going on with the bulls like nobody really even gives a crap it's like Dwayne Wade and Jimmy Butler are are, are are talking, but other than that, you know, I, I don't know. It's it's kind of like Hoiberg's an innocent bystander to this team that's been put together.
1: Yeah, and you can't be that as a coach, right? I mean, you you have to be a leader in, in some sort, and this was stuff Jimmy Butler complained about last week, saying, you know, going from Tom Thibodeau to, to Fred Hoiberg, he said, you know, he's not yelling at us. He's not cursing at us. He's not loud enough he's not you know he's not strong enough with us like he needs to coach us harder I don't know what coaches harder even means but that's what Jimmy Butler has consistently said about him during this time and, and so yeah like I mean I think Fred Hoiberg's a smart guy I think he's probably a good coach in the NBA with the right mix but uh but it, I mean he's at least been someone that Jimmy Butler does you know seems to be trying to force himself to talk you know to talk himself into and it's it just it, it, I don't know it's not a fit
0: Super crazy situation, too, because in most cases, if you have, like, the tyrannical coach, then the guy that's not brow-beating you and beating your ass and, you know, yelling at you all the time, uh, that that guy can be a, a super breath of fresh air, except when the players seemingly all swear by you, and I think that's kind of what happened with Tibbs, right? Like I don't I never got the sense that, you know, everybody else could talk about how these guys Played too many minutes and he was rough on them and he's always screaming and whatever. But it never seemed like the players had a problem with Tom Thibodeau, right? And so Yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, those those guys would run through a brick wall for him, right? Like would they run through a beaded curtain for Fred Hoyberg at this point? Probably not.
0: <laughs> probably probably not. I can't imagine. I would I'd give anything to like for there to be a video camera in on that meeting today. I'd just love to hear it all hash oh. out.
1: You you could you could change my league pass payment to two thousand dollars a year if you gave me access to those locker rooms and those meetings. That's all I want to see. Well, charge me whatever inter- you want. I'll pay I it. Think,
0: I think kind of the interesting thing is there seems to be some level of alignment between. Butler and Wade I may be reading that wrong but I think that you know when you brought in Dwayne Wade and he's got the titles and he's got the all-stars or whatever that it was just gonna be everybody was saying oh it's now it's gonna be Jimmy Butler's team right Rose is gone Noah's gone and Tibbs is gone and this is Jimmy Butler's team and then they bring in Dwayne Wade it's like eh, you probably ain't getting your own team buddy because any locker room that Dwayne Wade walks into he's gonna be the most respected guy Um, yet it does seem like their relationship is fine those two, they seem to be yeah, on the same page. Yeah, they, they're, they're the good. only
1: ones. Yeah. Yeah. They, I mean, I think they get it. Like, Jimmy Butler, you know, works his ass off and he's an unbelievable player. And I think Wade respects that. Wade can't do what he used to do, right? But Wade still tries to do what he does. Um, you know, he's still a very good scorer. He's still a guy who can, you know, attract the, the attention of the defense. And that I'm sure Butler respects the hell out of that because you need the defense getting away from you at times to get some buckets. And uh, and so I think there is a kinship, like, will that last two, three seasons? I don't know. Probably not. But right now, yeah, they seem to kind of be banding together of like, look, we got to figure this out because Butler's been on pretty good teams before. Wade has obviously been on very good teams before. They trust that each other is going to know how to do it. They just need help doing it.
0: All right. Let me get to the Carmelo Anthony stuff. Yesterday I had Chris Mannix on the podcast and he talked about him and Adrian Wojnarowski's report that the that the Knicks had been talking to teams uh most exclusively the Clippers and the uh Celtics as uh as some teams that maybe LeB- or that they could move Carmelo Anthony to. Um if you're Danny Ainge, would you trade for Carmelo?
1: Uh well, I mean, here's the tricky part is I don't think I don't think the assets Danny Ainge has are all that good. You know, I think they're fine, but like I don't think he has this tre- treasure trove of assets outside of the Brooklyn pick, really um, that really matter. I, I, I mean, like, all right, who's he going to move? Like, like Jalen Brown's fine, right? The one, right, the one that fine. got brought He's, up. The one's are solid role players.
0: Okay, the one that got brought up yesterday was uh, like a deal that would include Smart and Crowder.
1: That's a nice. I mean, that's a nice haul. Is that a nice haul for the second best player on your team? Cause I think Porzingis is the best player on the Knicks right now. Like, I don't know. That's. I mean, I guess. I guess part of the asset is getting out of the money you owe, right? Like that. That is an asset in and of itself. So that helps for sure. Like if I'm if I'm Danny Ainge, uh, do I think that Carmelo and Isaiah Thomas can coexist? Like these are two guys who stop the ball, right? Like I think it's thumus this, but for the most part, he's a guy who you know, pounds the ball and gets buckets and, you know, get layups and gets to the free throw line, all the stuff. Mello is a guy who, you know, he's a real ball stopper. Uh, I don't know that they can play together. And so that's where I would be like, do I really want to give up? Even, even if like we just say like they have pretty decent assets, right? If we agree on that, um, just for the sake of argument, would I give up pretty decent assets to see if Mello and Isaiah Thomas can coexist with that kind of money? Not really. Like I don't think it's a bad idea. I just don't think it's a no-brainer.
0: You don't think that if you had Isaiah Thomas, Carmelo Anthony, and Al Horford, that you would lock yourself into a Eastern Conference Finals appearance?
1: You would, but are you going to beat LeBron? No. Like I think I just think everyone should be gearing up to to eventually take down LeBron. And by the time LeBron is done, Carmelo's done. And so at that point, as Al Horford at his age, when you know in three or four years, is Isaiah Thomas going to be able to do it? you know, mostly on his own. Like I just don't see that happening. I think you have to build, you know, be be as competitive as you can now while still building for the future. I don't think that move does that.
0: And LeBron's it'd be, all fun.
1: Salty. It'd, be, yeah. it'd be it'd be fun for us.
0: <laughs> it would be fun for us. And LeBron's all salty recently, man. I mean obviously the Cavs haven't been playing real well, but you've got this whole public GMing thing going on.
1: Yeah, I mean that that's just, you know, LeBron if you don't if you won't go as much into the into the luxury tax as possible for him. You know he's not going to be happy. We saw that in Miami with Mike Miller getting waived. Like that's just how it is.
0: Yeah. Now it's it is it is odd, right? Because they do have three all stars on the team. Jr's been hurt, but this it it it, uh, but he's been it's it has not just been like a one off he has been relentless about this. Like almost every time he opens his mouth, he's like, and now it's gotten to the point where he's using the F word.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, you know what? If someone wrote a letter like that about me once in 2000, like, yeah, that was in 2010, but I don't think you forget that. I think if you come back and you tell Dan Gilbert, you know what? I will give you championships because this is good for everybody, right? You're going to expect everything to be given to you that you want. And LeBron probably expects that anyway, because that's just how life has been for him since he was 14 years old. But if you're Dan, like if you're LeBron, you have to think that there shouldn't be a single thing that Dan Gilbert won't give me at this point because he owes me just from that letter alone. Like, I, I get that. Like if I'm him, I'm putting all the pressure on Dan Gilbert to spend as much money. I mean, he runs a, he runs a, you know, a, a, not a potentially fraudulent business, but like that business has been under scrutiny for, you know, for fraud and stuff like that. Right. Like the whole lending business, he literally just makes funny, like makes whatever money he needs in life to get whatever he needs done. Uh, it, LeBron should expect that that money should trickle into as much of the Cavs organization as LeBron wants.
0: So do you think he is justified in doing what he's doing? They killed him on TNT last night. I mean, they really did.
1: They're like, I what mean, do they want? I, also, like, what are the odds that he's just bored? Right? It's the middle of the season. These are, I think these are the dog days. Like, he gets bored. He th- creates a little controversy. He tells Kevin Love to you know, fit in instead of fitting out. You know, he, tell, he gets Kyrie Irving to play a little defense of, you know, this might just be January for LeBron. He didn't get to take his two weeks off like he did a couple years ago. He probably is just wondering, you know, how can I spice things up a little bit to make these games a little less uh, monotonous?
0: (laughs) That may be so because all of these teams are going through it. I, I mentioned yesterday that we are at that point in the season where you see these results on a given night and you could do with 10 to 15 teams what's wrong with and then just fill in the blank. Right, because and then yeah. because right, like Boston takes these bad losses and the panic meter is high, and and then they lose to the Wizards like they do, and then they turn around and beat Houston and everything's fine, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, and look at Houston too. Houston was what, like thirty four and twelve or something like that, thirty four yeah. and eleven, and now they've lost two, you know, three, three or four in a row, and and we start wondering, oh, is Houston getting figured out? I don't know. They might just be tired. And that's not oh. a satisfying answer in any way. That's not good analysis, but sometimes it's
0: just what it is. That's a hundred percent true. Um, I went to the Houston Grizzlies game last weekend and was talking to some of the guys from Houston, and and of course they they ended up smashing the Grizzlies in the game. It was last Saturday night. That was, and this is prior to them going on the rest of that trip. I think they played at Milwaukee and the loss, and then they played against Boston and lost. Um, they had played eight games in twelve days. I mean, like, like no team's going to be, especially a team that shoots like sixty threes a game. Like their legs were just shot,
1: you know. Yeah, although there is less running into the paint, so maybe that <laughs> saves it a little bit. You just have to run. I mean, this is my this is my pickup game at thirty five years old in life. Is I I'm just going three point line to three point line. You can't tell me Ryan Anderson isn't doing the same thing.
0: That is a th- you know that's that it's, it's everybody. I hadn't I hadn't seen the paint I hadn't seen the paint in five years.
1: I hurt I hurt my shoulder and had to. And had to. I couldn't shoot for about a month because uh, I hurt my shoulder. So I would drive a lot more. Not for me. I've, no. I've realized why I stopped driving.
0: That's how injuries happen. Speaking
1: of exactly, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a hero.
0: Speaking of, we now have a second year in a row where a playoff team is going to lose a big man over punching something. Last year it was Blake Griffin, and it was another human. Last night it was Enos Cantor. This guy's gonna miss two months. Punch, punching a chair in a win, like this is this is very high on the list of asinine injuries.
1: Yeah, I mean, I also like, how hard was that chair? I have that's no what idea. I know. Like, what? I mean, you punching one of those chairs on the sideline and your and you're for, your forearm fractures or whatever. I gotta wonder if you're drinking enough milk or taking enough well, calcium or whatever. Insane. Like, that's that's a real weird injury.
0: Well, it said as he brought his arm down, the folding chair flipped up, and he caught his forearm on the metal edge.
1: That's terrible. I mean, it's 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 at least more. It's probably more resistance than he's used to giving on defense. So I'm sure that it's just a four that kind of that kind of impact is just foreign to him.
0: Yeah. It says uh, Thunder coach Billy Donovan said he wanted to withhold comment on the way Cantor's injury happened until he had a chance to talk to him. Uh, Cantor left the arena with a wrap around his right wrist and shook his head and patted his chest in a "quote my bad" fashion. Yeah, you're bad, man.
1: I mean, he's going to be out I for mean, two I, two months. I, I I just wanted to like, does he blame himself or does he blame the chair? And is this is this worse than? Didn't Carlos Boozer like trip over a gym bag and break something? Is this worse <laughs> than that?
0: Yes, this is this because at least like you could just. Not seed the gym bag, right, like this is a hundred percent self inflicted, and the other thing is this: they're probably not in any kind of- you know dire straits of of dropping out of the playoffs, but you know right now they're they're a game and a half back from utah you know the the deal is there's that there's that group where it's you know uh Denver is now the eighth seed and they're six games behind the Grizzlies, who are the seventh seed. So you're probably not dropping off that much. But I do think they could have a tough time without Cantor. They don't have a lot of – I mean, I know Westbrook's having this insane season, but they don't have a lot of guys that get buckets on that team that you can count on on a regular basis. And Cantor has been really good for them. Hell, he's their third-leading scorer.
1: Yeah, I mean, aside from Westbrook, how much of their offense is based on – you know? grabbing offensive rebounds of missed shots and, and putting it back in. Like he's, a, he's incredible at that. Um, you know, whether you want to think he's overpaid for what he does or doesn't play enough people, well, he definitely doesn't play enough defense, but you know, whether, however you want to categorize it, like he does fit in a lot to what they do because they don't have shooters and they don't have much offense. So how much more does Westbrook have to do? Or do they find a way to, to have Steven Adams do more of that or, or, you know, DeMontis the bonus. Like they have big men, they have depth to deal with it, but you're right. Like that sucks. That's, you know, Fifteen to twenty points a night off the bench—that—that that is, you know, just efficient scoring inside. And that's—I mean, I don't know. I guess Westbrook can play some posts. Like he's a pretty good post-up player. I guess yeah, he just it, does more now, right? Like, yeah, here's he, the he thing—he re- rebounds just, his own shot. You just add
0: it up. You get—you get thirty-one. Uh, let's say on average, you get thirty-one out of Westbrook. You get sixteen out of Oladipo. You get twelve out of Adams. Okay, so there's your there's. There, and then obviously, you're taking the the Cantor numbers out. So you've got now three double digit scorers. And even with Westbrook having the crazy year, you're talking about, you, you add that up, you're talking about a, a tick under 50 points. Well, hell, most nights you got to get 50 more. So now you look up and down that roster and you go, all right, where's the other 50 something coming from? And when you take Cantor out, it's a little bit different than a lot of other teams. I don't think that that 14 just gets replaced rather easily.
1: I I mean Nick Collison Renaissance I'm ready oh, for it <laughs> Nick Collison comes out starts playing like it's Kansas again like this could you know <laughs> this could be the greatest story of the second half of the season <laughs> Nick Collison is
0: I think it's who is it it's him Dirk and Haslam are like literally the elder statesmen the guys that have been with their teams forever um with their with one franchise now that you know Duncan left and Kobe left but we are we don't have that many left in the league that have been with their teams for over a decade and Collison's one of them so I'm with you let's get a Nick Collison renaissance Swan it seems song. like the
1: best option right I mean I don't know if it's the best option but it's most fun for
0: us Zach good luck with the new gig at fanragsports.com good luck with the Comedy Central pilot I hope it gets picked up
1: Thank you so much. Anytime you want to talk to me, I'm ready to, to kill a morning with
0: you. My man. Thanks, Zach.
1: Thanks,
0: Chris. And Zach Harper. It's going to do it for the NBA show today. We will catch up with you next week. If you dig what you're hearing, head over to iTunes, give us a rating and review, and we'll talk to you next week. Hey!